Hi there, everyone, and welcome to a very special Locked On Canadians Extra. It's a quick bonus episode in which we talk about our love for P.K. Subban. Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi there, everyone, and welcome to a special bonus episode of Locked On Canadians. It is an extra. It is it is short. It is sweet. My name is Laura Saab, also known as the Active Stick, and I'm joined, as always, by my wonderful co-host, Scott Matla. Scott, how are you doing on this fine Wednesday afternoon? I am uh, doing quite all right. It's, uh, it's a big Wednesday. Uh, obviously, there's been Canadians news, but that's not what we're here for. When we are recording this, it is the day before the P.K. Subban ceremony honoring, I'm not sure what title we're giving this, uh, at the Bell Center before the Predators game. And I've just been looking back at old Subban Canadians clips, uh, seeing what other people have tweeted out. And uh, I've been in my nostalgia self uh, for the last day or so. We wanted to mark this uh, Subban episode because we, we wanted to mark this with a special episode because we had some two we had two big podcast uh, episodes dropping by themselves standalones with uh, with Sebastian High and we wanted to really spend at least you know some time on PK Subban prior to the game honoring him and I think for me. Uh, one of our listeners asked us, you know, did you listen to PK Subban on the Pivot podcast, which I finally got a chance to do after um, after the, the, you know, the suggestion. And um, I think the big thing with PK Subban for me and the reason that I was so uh, excited about him as a prospect is that all he's ever wanted to do was be a Montreal Canadian. When he was younger, he was, you know, even growing up in Toronto, it, you know, there's a lot of stories of kids growing up in Toronto as Habs fans. And how many of them get to actually play for Montreal, right? And so for him, like, all he ever wanted to do was be a Montreal Canadian. And that, to me, as a Montreal Canadiens fan, as a Montrealer, like, that automatically endeared him to me to begin with. And I think the fact that he never had any kind of uh, reservation about being fully who he is. He was a great hockey player. He was a fantastic talent. Like, a lot of injuries kind of derailed the way that his career was supposed to go. But before all of that... Like he had phenomenal skill, then there's nothing wrong with owning that, and there's nothing wrong with unabashedly being who you are in a world that wants you to conform. And I think for me, that that is part of PK Subban's legacy. We can talk a lot about how many times he made Bruins fans angry. We can talk a lot about how he broke some barriers down for the game. We can talk about how he shone like shone a, shone a light shine the light shone whatever it is um on on social issues we can talk about you know all kinds of stuff like that but i think for me the fact that he did not compromise who he was particularly in a sport that wants you to be so cookie cutter and conformist is huge and obviously we're going to get into the charity in a second but just, just that to me, like, I will not change who I am. I will be as exuberant, as loud, as cocky, as arrogant, as, as, as proud of my own talents as possible. And that, that's not, you know, that's not something that you would fault most other players for, but for PK Subban, 
because he had to break a lot of barriers. I think that was something that he had to take a lot of heat for. And I'm just so glad that he never changed who he was for that. And that's the thing is PK Subban on the ice was the, the, the show stealer. He wanted that spotlight. There are very few players I can think of in Canadians history, short of Carey Price. When I've been watching that, when that spotlight was on them, didn't wilter or falter anything like that. They grew in that spotlight. And I always go back to that quote in after game six of the 2014 uh, Eastern Conference semifinals. They are playing the Boston Bruins. It is heated. It is ugly. Montreal has come back. They are tied 3-3. And Subban, to the media after that game, promises that they are going to go into Boston and take all the energy away from them and out of the building and their fans. And he went there and did that. It, it's... It's not cocky if you back it up. And I I look at so much of what P.K. Subban meant for so many people on this team. He was a thrilling player. Getting I I feel lucky to have been able to watch him play in his prime when he was here in Montreal. And his exit is unfortunately not what you wanted. He left on a stretcher after Alexi Emelin's butt hit him in the head, gave him, you know, a neck injury. And I think that is uh kind of what started that downturn of injuries with his back and everything else. It's hard to find someone in recent Canadians history, obviously now with Caulfield and Suzuki, that's changing a little bit. There was not someone more exciting to watch over a very mid period of Montreal Canadians hockey than PK Subban, even when the team sucked. And I mean like that 2011, 2012 season where Mike Brown was playing on the top line level of bad, P.K. Subban made it worth watching every single night. Carey Price, you know, here and there, but P.K. Subban is the reason why there's so many, a new generation of Canadians fans, and I cannot wait to see the ovation. There will be tears, I guarantee you. Will they be for me? Probably. But also people in the building, I am glad that this is a thing that is happening because the Canadians have tried to make strides, all alumni, across the board, all the way back, and into modern, you know, guys. And I'm glad to see PK Subban's going to get this because if you if they're honoring PK Subban now, you know Andre Markov was part of that too. It sets a very good precedent going forward for the Canadians acknowledging their modern history and the stars who made that. And PK Subban is the obviously short of Carey Price right now, who's still not retired, but this is that perfect step forward right now. And we're going to talk about the charity in just one moment and also kind of what my expectations of the night are. Uh, and Scott kind of talked about it, but let's get into it in just one moment. But first, as always, this episode is brought to you by BetOnline and BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats and news and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from pro football to college ball season to basketball and everything else. We've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, which I know you do because you're listening to this one, you can even find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. So you can head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. So one 
one of the things that I think K. Subban had to deal with a lot was haters and haters in his own community too. And so something that used to really bother me is that when he started his charity initiative, um, and if you don't remember, he worked very closely with the Montreal Children's Hospital. And one of the things that he did was start, um, start a, a, I guess, a fund, an initiative, a charity to support parents of sick kids. So, you know, there's a lot like, like in Canada, as you know, like we do have, we're fortunate enough to have like your, you know, you don't have to go bankrupt, like when you have to pay medical bills, but at the same time, like your kid being in the hospital, like that takes you away from your own job that takes you away from other responsibilities. You might have other family members to take care of and things like that. It's really hard for parents with like severely terminally or chronically ill children to just literally survive in the world. Right. So he wanted to do something about that. And he pledged to donate and raise money. And so a lot of like the detractors would be like, well, he's not donating this much of his own money. It's like he's, he's pledging to raise it. And I was like, that's how charity works. You pledge some of your own money and then you leverage all of your contacts and your fame and your ideas and your events and everything like that. And you make that money become more like and so like that was something that really, really bothered me because one, like I thought it was a gap in 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 in, in that was being filled by his charitable efforts. And two, like that's how everybody does it. Like like, you know, that is how it works. Like people will not, you know, like people will not not like I'm they're less likely to say no to you if you start it yourself and you start and you include them in your efforts. And I think P.K. Subban did like what anyone would have done. It's just that when it's P.K. Subban doing it, all of a sudden it's like it's not his own. It, part of it was his own money. So like that to me was something that really kind of I, I had strong feelings about. And I didn't know where to put them except for this bonus episode. <laughs> and so, Scott, I know I know you were about to say something. I was going to say, it's not that he was donating $10 million all at once to the Children's Hospital. It was $10 million over 10 years, which is still a lot because I look at it this way is that hockey players out of the major four sports in North America, the highest paid player gets paid like a bench player in like the NBA or a backup player in the NFL in some positions. Connor McDavid makes what, $12.5 million a year or whatever it is. And to still donate a chunk of that before and when you factor in agent fees, taxes, escrow, and all these other things that come out of there, P.K. Subban is still donating a good chunk of his money to this, and he continues to always visit whenever the Devils or the Predators came to Montreal and he was playing for them. He always either made it to before they left or when they got here was to visit the hospital and visit patients because that is who he is as a person. There, I don't think there's some evil ulterior motive like people might be thinking here. It's he just wanted to do good in the world, and I think he did that. And this is not, you know, a, hey, why isn't anyone else doing it? More people in the sport of hockey could use more people like P.K. Subban who want to do things like this. And I think it's it was an important thing for that. It, he was so much to this uh, city on the ice, but off of it, he had just as profound an impact, if not greater. Uh, in terms of his legacy that he left behind in Montreal and in other places, everywhere he goes, you know, you hear people talk about how much work he did in the communities and everything else. That's important for building a legacy is that it's great that you were this superstar on the ice. Being a superstar off of it is what makes him truly one of the all-time greats to put on one of the Canadian sweaters at some point. I 
absolutely agree with you. And so I think for me, the trade, uh, like to begin with, was very hard as a Habs fan. He was one of my favorite players that's ever played for the Montreal Canadiens. He was somebody that I thought, again, we didn't know this at the time, but I thought he was entering his prime. Um, and he was about to be, you know, a superstar. I think he, he was, he was superstar, but you know what I mean? He was about to take it to the next level and that core group that they had. So trading PK Subban was the start of a bunch of like a domino effect of a negative, uh, you know, a downturn, let's say in the Montreal Canadiens trajectory. And so I was very, very bitter about that. And so was he. I mean, he came in doing a Just for Laughs special. And I just remember, you know, he was very funny. But, like, we were all kind of bitter about it. Anybody who was a P.K. Subban fan, it took a long time to get over that trade. A long, long time. So what I hope that we get out of the honoring of P.K. Subban is that we get to say goodbye on our terms. Obviously, the Vell Center is going to be an emotional place. Watching it, we're going to be emotional. But I think that that... That to me, it's like, I feel like it's the goodbye we deserved to get from him and to give him. And I think that's what we were robbed of when he was traded. And we had a similar feeling. I'm not comparing the two players. Nobody like, you know, get excited about this. But like, I felt the same way about Saku. Like in the off season, it was just like, okay, well, we're, we're moving in a different direction. We're not re-signing him. And he went to another team. We didn't get to say goodbye on our terms as fans. And I don't think he got to say goodbye on his terms as a player. So when he came back, and when they honored him, that felt to me, we got to say goodbye the way we wanted to. And I think this is what um, this is what I want from the Canadians honoring him prior to tomorrow night's game. And I hope the, the fans welcome him. I hope the fans are really, really good to him. I really hope, I mean, he got booze from his own fans and I don't even want to go into that. I hope that it's like a reconciliatory moment for all of us that, you know, he gets to say goodbye to the fans that loved him, the team that he always wanted to be on the team that he always wanted to be part of. And, and that, you know, we get to, we, we get to, I mean, it's been a long time, so we're over the trade, but like we get to at least have that goodbye with him. And I think that's it is that this is closing the chapter on all of this. This is the end to that player saga of this. And then uh, who knows what the future holds? Obviously PK is going to, I believe TNT or ESPN, which duh was always going to be a thing that happened. PK Subban was made to be one of those guys doing hockey beyond playing hockey at that point. I can't wait. The bell center is going to be alive and rocking for that. It's going to be emotional. It's going to be charged. And I hope the team gives a great effort afterwards on that. I'm I'm happy that we're going to be able to finally get this final closure on this and have fans chance to properly say um, goodbye to PK Subban, the hockey player, as he moves into his retirement uh, era as an analyst and everything else. And I'm excited to see, you know, it, it's been a while since I've seen fans excited about something like this uh, in Montreal. Saku's was, you know, very emotional and very touching. I'm sure this one will be too, because, no one's star burned quite as bright as P.K. Subban's in Montreal when he was here. And I can't wait to see that the highlight film they put together and everything else that's going to go with this. So uh, that is Thursday night at the Bell Center. Get there early. I'm sure it's going to be packed if you're going to the game. If you are going, send us pictures, please. We do appreciate those. I'm, I'm excited. It's going to be it's going to be something. I can't wait. 
and I can't wait to watch it either. And I hope you guys all feel the same way. In the meantime, you can find us anywhere you get your podcasts as well as on YouTube. Check out our episodes. Our episode that's dropping tomorrow will be the second part of a two-parter with Sebastian High talking about prospects and the Canadians' defensive depth. Uh, in the meantime, you'll find us on Twitter at LO underscore Canadians. You'll find Scott at Scott Matley. You'll find me at The Active Stick. You can email us at LockedOnCanadians at gmail.com. Do not forget your mailbag questions. You can also send us comments on the YouTube. Thank you so much for listening, and we will talk to you tomorrow.